Oh, play one minute. Sorry, put, put me on mute. Can you hear that? Oh, what is it? <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to the End the Cells podcast. As you can see already, a false start. Mark Kearney has joined us from the Boise bus, a nice distance to go on the Boise bus. How you doing, Franny? Hi, I'm all good. All good. I've had better weekend, Stephen, but we'll, we'll digest into that. Soon well, on. we'll get into it. And Mark, you're, you've ran back to the screen again. How are you, buddy? I'm doing very well, mate. That's going to be the niftiest intro of your podcast out there, isn't it? Uh, no, as 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 long as the Boise bus, but it's like <laughs> anyway, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, the Boise bus, it gives you time to get a cup of tea, make a wee pizza, and then you're sitting down, you're ready when it starts. So we've all got the qualities, though. I mean, it's, it's all good. And thanks for joining us. As we were talking about off, um, off air in the wee studio bit, that it was kind of red hot on the PMP yesterday. You were in it and a few others were in it, Phil McGinley and people like that, and I enjoyed it. Me, myself, I tried to stay away from all the, the Twitter yesterday and kind of the arguments and rants. A lot of people got involved and I think a lot of, kind of heated words were exchanged between people and stuff and you kind of take a day and calm down and now we're here and we're ready to reassess and coming to you Franny first I mean League Cup tie at Rugby Park we've seen what they'd done to the Rangers a few weeks previous we were at Willie's Grace's pub in, in, in his garage and I think we celebrated their win louder than we celebrated Celtics win at, at that moment in time possibly because we were all steaming but get, get into the game it's weird because I don't know what it is, right? We know Brendan's back and we're all happy. Mark, I know you especially. You're, you're amazing. For, you know what I mean? Top of the world that he's back. And I've never quite got the feeling. I'm still, it's like, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's not like, wow. I'm just like, yeah, he's back. He's coming back. Business, Brendan's back to do a job. And you expected yesterday at Rugby Park for any else to come out, do the job, but it wasn't to be. And just to be kind of to touch upon the starting lineup, the Rocky and, and Larger Bilk were, were in especially Lagerbilt, he came in out of the cold for his first start. I know he's been fit playing in the Swedish League, but how do you think they get on? I thought they'd done all right, considering it's their first game together. I know uh, they've got a lot of appearances, like individually and stuff, but I think going to a t- tougher away ground, I think, in fairness to Lagerbilt, I think he's played a lot of games on the artificial pitch, but some of them are not of the standard, probably Kelly's pitch. Uh, but I thought, considering that I don't know how much training they've had together, I thought the two of them done all right together. And I think you've got to kind of include the whole back line and including Joe Hart in it. And mm-hmm. it was, I think, at times it showed that that is the first time they five have played together. Yeah. I mean, the, you look at um, Lager Bilk and you look at Naraki, Mark especially. The Rockies had a few games, to be fair, but Lagerbilt are coming in from Sweden. As Franny already touched upon, we all know he's played in artificial surfaces before. We all know he's, he's done that in the top league. But coming into an environment like that, kind of the pressure on you, it's a League Cup game, it's a knockout tie. And I think Franny's right. You alluded to that as well. Joe Hart, you had Ralston and Taylor either side of them. And defensively, it just fought for me that it was at sixes and sevens most of the game. The first couple of minutes, Lagerbilt puts the ball out of play. Whether it's miscommunication or not, you can see the nerves were, were there very early on. They were trying things that were out of the ordinary. And I just don't know what it is. Defensively, on their post of call. I'm not going back, by the way, because there's no point, but I just want to make a point on this one. We weren't we, we weren't cohesive, right? But we, did, but we did the job as a unit. That was always the collective. And just at this moment, it seems like we're a bit disjointed. What do you think about that? I think we look a bit disjointed as well. I think the full team looks a bit uh, 
separated from each other. They don't look like a unit anymore. Just I don't mean that. It's, it's not a bold statement after one one match. I feel like even since the start of the season, we've looked, looked a bit disjointed all over the park. The midfield's not connecting with the defence. Defence isn't connected with midfield. Midfield and, and attack seem to be in different wavelengths half the time. I don't think the defence did anything wrong uh, that stands out yesterday. It just looked disjointed. looked like a, a strong attacking team could get a lot of joy, especially down the flanks. I think the two boys mm-hmm. that came in yesterday, I, I, I think with that pitch, you can't expect too much of them, and especially considering it was a first games uh, together, and it was actually Lager Belki's first minutes for Celtic. So you go to take it for what it was. I, I don't think any defence had a bad game. I think Greg Taylor had a game that you would, if it was his first game, it'd probably be his last game, but. He's been doing that for a wee bit, of, wee bit of time now, and I'm Greg Taylor's biggest fan. I've gave Greg Taylor a lot of leeway uh, since he's turned around at Celtic. I think he's deserved a lot of praise, especially last season. There was times when I felt that it would take a good player to, to, to displace him. But just looking at the defence, I mean, Joe Hart didn't do much wrong yesterday either, but he, there's certain areas in that uh, Celtic team where you just know that a, a good team's gone to rip us apart it just looks a bit disjointed and there's no there's no glue holding that team together it just looks like 10 individuals uh, out in the park and nothing seems to be joining up and it was quite alarming to see it unfold yesterday it looked like it was uh, the first time playing together and it wasn't the case that's last season's team with a few players dotted in and it's just alarming to be honest with you watching it it is a bit alarming and i watched it with my grandma. he's in the comments and I think we came to the conclusion that the Kilmarnock actually deserved the win. I thought mm-hmm. in the end, they thought they were physical, they were athletic, they were getting up the pitch, and they looked the more dangerous side, especially in attacking areas. We didn't quite get the grips of that. Uh, Danny comes in. Best bit about the weekend was the Celtic Naz offering each other score goals on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, the, the Twitter was a bit like that, especially Sunday evening. It was hectic at points. But Franny, Mark mentioned Greg Taylor, and he's a guy who comes up every podcast that we do at the moment. And it, it's without no good reason. That's Let's be honest here. It seems like to me that he's really struggling to adapt to the Rodgers kind of philosophy. I know against Kilmarnock he was coming in more, which he wasn't doing in previous games. But even at that, he wasn't connecting the passes. He looks really laboured in his runs. There's no kind of urgency. There's no directness. There's no, like last season, he would have chipped the ball over for Kyogo to run onto or linked up before an O'Reilly or McGregor. That wasn't happening. And then it kind of touched upon him as well. He got fouled. And from that foul, later went up the pitch and scored their goal when he was off the pitch, getting a treatment for a cut to his ear. Kind of a two-pronged question. Do you think that was a red card for the Kilmarnock player? Because I've seen a lot of talk about that today online, and it looked like he put a wee bit of force in that elbow. And then again about Greg Taylor and his position in this team. We all, we all talk about position where we need to improve, and left-back is coming up time and time again. I mean, talk about improving. We were uh, asking for a new left-back last season. I was one of the guys that was happy when Burnaby came in, but He's he's done nothing to really convince me that he can be be the answer going forward. I don't think his performance has been up to much. His disciplines clearly know that it's. I mean, I felt that he's obviously had the, the the drink driving thing. He's he's turned up late and things. So, I mean, the old disciplines clearly clearly there for him. So he's got a bit of bit of grown up, I think, and a bit of maturing to do before he even considers getting a run in that team. Um, I think Taylor has has struggled in this new position. I mean, I think if you go back to Lennon's tenure, wasn't he wasn't he really brilliant at that sort of overlapping sort of 
uh, wing back that you would expect. Your sort of a traditional uh, wing back. There's obviously the, the inverted things kind of as a unique kind of guys like Postacoglu, like the city model, if you like. So, and he looked. There's no denying it for for the best part of two years. He looked really, really comfortable in that position. I do think it's been it, him and Ralston have struggled. Could that be the fact that they're not playing with the regular partners and CCV and, and even Starfield at the centre half? Is that maybe a mitigating factor eh? why their performances are a wee bit disjointed? I think learn maybe, I say learning a new system, they, they know how to play as traditional wingbacks, but I think they're used to playing that inverted bit. They're obviously trying to play post uh, Rogers way. That's maybe affecting, affecting them maybe no 100% sure where they need to be off the ball at times and, and things like that. So I think we need to, I'm willing to cut them a wee bit of slack for a wee, as long as, simply cut, I think as long as we're winning, you can, you, I can let them away with sort of a, I say that, let them away with kind of bad performance and go, well, the results are there. Because even when Postacoglu had that tricky start uh, two years ago, and he was losing games. You could see what he was trying to do. So as long as I can see what they're, they're trying to do, I'll, I'll kind of let them away with a wee bit. But, I mean, yesterday's problems was terrible. I think, I don't know where I'm at with the red card because I never once great for it at the time. No, I don't think Ian has mentioned it on the group chat even, but I think seeing it... I, I don't I I, even see it properly. I, I, I think I think now, I probably think it's a red card now. And like I said, I think the boy that actually elbowed him was the guy that set the goal up as well. So yeah. mm-hmm. there's a cup. There is... Maybe we're looking at it more simply because they scored and how they scored. You're, you're maybe looking for an excuse to send them off. But I know at the time I wasn't looking for a red card. I just think your whole the whole performance for the team, like Mark said, wasn't great yesterday. But to kind of try and maybe put some balance on it, we were foot Hattati, we were foot CCV. It's not an excuse for to me because we should have but, enough to beat Kamalik and that instance. No, I agree. We should have enough. But we didn't hear some of these players last season when we were losing games. And... I think if you take that kind of they kind of players out of team, there's a chance of performances like yesterday. I mean, we were we were poor yesterday. Kilmarnock were brilliant. They mm-hmm. things can happen. I think they things can happen in football. You, teams like Kilmarnock need need performances like yesterday to get a result against a team like Celtic. And it was like no shots on target. Kind of tells you everything you need to know. It was we were, we were I'm not trying like cut like. Make excuses for them. They were they were terrible. They were they were terrible. But I think performances can happen like that can happen when you're missing the type of key players. Yeah. No. I mean, I get what you're saying in, in terms of that. Like these things happen, Mark. We know this. There's people in the comments saying they can't win trebles every year. But what I think is hurting the fans the most. It's so early on. With the third game in, it was a league cup tie. The trebles kind of disappeared. We'll come on to the kind of the kind of failure if it's not a treble and all that type of stuff later on in the podcast. But to focus on still the game, Franny mentioned we're missing missing Rio Atate, Carter Vickers, key players like that. And I've seen that online again, kind of been kind of batted around as not an excuse, but a factors in to why we maybe didn't win the game. But I look at this and I'm going, any of them players that started for us yesterday would be a shoe-in for Kilmarnock. Any of the players in our bench probably would have started for Kilmarnock. So I, I get what you're saying, but again, I don't agree with it in that essence. And I just looked at Kilmarnock and Mark, for me, like, and t- talk about a competitive edge. They had it. We looked like we couldn't bully them off the ball. They had 12 physical players. And even in the midfield battle, this is concerning me as well. Like, we, we seem really slow. Just a lack of physicality. There's 
I know Matt O'Reilly, he's, he's six foot one and stuff, but he's not a he's not a bustler. He doesn't muscle you off the ball. He doesn't put a tackle in that much. You look at McGregor, games are passing him back at the minute. Do you know what I mean? And home came in yesterday. He did okay, nothing to write home about, but it was his first competitive start, so you probably put him to the side in this argument. But is that a concern for you? And Franny mentioned that no shots on target. The attacking edge was gone. Well, I think we did have a shot. I think uh, O'Reilly put one in at the keeper's hands in the first oh, half. Oh. Like a pass does back. that count as one, Mark? Does, does that <laughs> count? <laughs> well, we back. Listen, the biggest problem that we've got just now is we're, we're relying on Celtic to create space and uh, buy certain teams in. It's quite a, the, the tactic is quite obvious. We're inviting as much pressure on ourselves as possible and try to put the ball over the top or look for spaces. It's... It sounds great on paper, and when it works, it works well. But Celtic aren't linking up. Cal McGregor isn't becoming the link up between defence and midfield. He's sitting, he's sitting like in a Scott Brown role. He's yep. we were chasing a goal yesterday, and, and Cal McGregor was in the Celtic half. We're in injury time. He should be up and amongst that, running about the edge of that box, spraying the wee passes that he does, looking for the the through ball, and he was sitting covering the defenders. And I, I just thought this game just for the first half we were. It was sideway passes, backwards passes. Celtic were set up to lose yesterday. There was it wasn't about the the players on the park. The setup yesterday was terrible. There was a, a point I mentioned it on the on the Boise pass. There was a point that Mikey with Niroki passed about a, a Greg Taylor, and the ball went out the park because Greg Taylor wasn't expecting the pass because the guy was doing his job. The ball was supposed to go backwards at that stage, and you could see Greg Taylor's face how surprised he was. Greg Taylor was in space. He's been rotten. One of the reasons why Greg Taylor's been rotten is because he's not got that link up with Callum McGregor. He's not got that pass mm-hmm. when it comes to 30, 40 yards route that he normally has through Starfield and McGregor. That's been took away. He's having to do a lot of money himself now. And you look at Abad's form and Maeda's form, it's no it's coincidence that Celtic are getting no joys doing the wings from their, full, their fullbacks when you look at the poor form of Maeda and Abada. You can't have a right-back and a left-back who aren't performing, and also are, uh, two two wingers who aren't performing either and expecting to get joy. And you, you can't have a midfield that contains Matt O'Reilly, which is, who is very slow at the best of times, needs three touches of the ball. Carl McGregor, who's sitting defensively, and Hattati sitting on the bench. And a young boy home, who's basically been the, the glimmer of hope yesterday, see if he, could, if he could bring something to that team. We were looking at that team sheet yesterday. It reminded me when we went to Ibrooks in 2021, the, the, the derby match and we were all praying for sorrow and tumble to start it was the same yesterday <laughs> Celtic fans were Celtic fans were looking for a wee spark yesterday in that team sheet mm. looking for Yankee being the, uh, be the line up and home because it wasn't because we wanted to see these new players and see how they would integrate the system we thought we needed something different and if you're in a game three and you're already pessimistic about the, the, the levels that players are getting at and also the desire in players who want to leave the club getting game time, like Hazabanovic, then you you wonder, wonder to yourself, what's going on behind the scenes at the club? Because just quickly before we move on, just in case I forget this point, see if Brendan Rogers is using the media post match to at least at least put pressure on the club itself regarding signings. If that was even fifty percent what he was trying to do there, and I believe it was. That tells you that, that the relationship is already broken down because... Well, well, I mean, Mark, you, you could say that, but you look... I, I know what you're saying in, in, that, in that aspect, but the counter as well, 
It was two years ago, Posta Cogdu was said he, 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 he might have He said the same thing. Dominic Tyke gets sack. Well, yeah. But think, Peter Lawler's like, not going to get the sack. No, I, I'm sorry. No, I, I think he did because he took a joke. He, 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 <laughs> he took a joke uh, a couple of weeks later back in the SRU. And if you don't garden leave, you don't take a job because you lose your salary. So it tells yeah. me that there's a termination of contract there, and that only happens if you get the sack. No, I'm not Peter Lowell. I didn't mean Don McCarthy. Oh, I know Don. Don <laughs> you know, there is a theory going about, uh, and by some prominent people in the podcast world, or, um, who, who, and they, they kind of ridicule like the, any idea that Celtic are getting uh, getting pulled for the back with Peter Lowell. Don't think for a minute that guy who was the most influential figure this century at Celtic just came in and just started hanging his jack up and just sitting back, sitting at his desk. He'll be in checking the tap drawer. Michael Nicholson checking out what's going on, helping make decisions. Oh, I tried that once, don't try it again. And Celtic's philosophy under under um, Ange Postacoglu, he was replacing players before the, we even lost. Like Jackie Marcus was replaced with O. Johnson was replaced with, with, for Uranovic. <coughs> then the players left, right? We're now 10 days for the window closing, and we've still no really replaced Jota, who left what, two months ago or whatever it is. Who is leaving on a free? That's mad, by the way. He's leaving us. And do you know, this is the thing that's was bothering me as well. I know we're going to get into the transfers. So we've got players like Callum McGregor speaking about and Joe Hart last week how the, the players are just trying to get this system knitted together and they're not quite there yet. So instead of new players coming in and taking the lead from those players who are already knitted into this system, they're going to have players coming in, granting a team full of players who, who are struggling to get to grips with this system. And that doesn't bode well for bringing in players on August the 30th and then try to get them up to speed for Ibrox, never mind the Champions League. It, it just, any manager, including Brendan Rodgers, want to get their players in as early as possible. And that you can you can also counteract that by saying the best players that we can get are probably only going to become available to August 31st. Well don't dear don't dear Eddie Howe. Put it on the table mm-hmm. early as possible. Listen, there's your offer. We we've got targets. We've got we've got <coughs> we've got football matches coming up we have to win. And the first half of the season is very important. The first cup of the season can be important and the Champions League opening fixtures can be important. You don't gamble one name by waiting until August the 30th for another Skepovich to say no and then see I an hour later. You just didn't work that way. Celtic should be being a forward-thinking club. Nobody ever goes forward in business by, by taking two steps back. And I don't understand why Celtics, with all these businessmen and the, and the directors, folks uh, at football stadiums, who are very well versed on how to run a, how, how, how to run a business, but they can't do anything in football. As soon as it comes to a football decision, they seem to always make the easy decision. They phone do do Dan, they go to the black book, they ask Mark Lowell, well, Mark Lowell's all, all, already there. Who are you going to phone now? Because your options out with... Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Do you know something? I hope you can, because you bring back Jock's team permanent dugout. No, but I mean... I'm just a bit lost for Stephen. Sorry if I've gone around. I'm just a bit delusioned by... I was so excited... When, when Rogers came in, because I thought that's a dawning a, 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 a new era starting again. This is the excitement starting. This is like we've upped our game a wee bit. We've, we've learned for a lesson. We've, we've learned for, for losing a good manager, bringing in Lennon, for losing a manager, mm-hmm. bringing in Tyler. We've learned, we've learned for it. 
And then it seems like all habits die hard with Celtic and you'll get a board. Who would rather have 50 million in the bank then go, right, let's just break habits and just buy that five, six million pound player. Give them, give them yeah. an ultimatum. It's now or never. And then move on to the next target. I'm sorry, I'd rather have players who want to be there rather than players who tick off boxes and Celtic, then Celtic eventually fall into their lap. I don't think I don't think you get the best in a player that way. I think you get a player who's hungry for Celtic, and you get a player who wants to progress. And Brendan Rodgers will do that for any player. Yeah, I mean we fell into that trap before, Mark. And one thing, don't apologise for earning your views. That's what we all do. <laughs> on here and people don't agree people disagree that's the kind of the fun of it but i mean you, you look at what mark said Franny, and again he, he, he brought it to the board that's fair enough i've seen a lot of people saying that peter lawwell people are thinking he's back in charge and he's calling the shots and look i, I do agree in a sense that he's not coming back to celtic park and sitting in his wee uh, offices or sitting there passing the day by looking at old clips on youtube and stuff like that he's involved in the day-to-day -day running that's fair enough um, you you look at Brendan. Like my my issue here, you said Mark that you're really excited. I've never really jumped in. I never had that feeling back again when, when Brendan came back. But I do get what you're saying. But what I'm seeing from Brendan at the minute, and we all said it was business. Like he just seems to be not as charismatic, not as kind of taking the initiative. Not do, do you know what I mean, Franny? In, in terms of what he was doing previously, I know he probably had to change that because we could see through the the shit, so to speak. But even in 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 the playing style. It was so like slow and laboured, and it was disjointed. I mean, you mentioned the Bada and, and Meadowmark. They don't work against a low block. We need a, a skillful, skillful winger who can open up the space and, and create the assist that sort of way, not someone who's going to break in behind and have about five yards before they touch the goal line. Do you know what I mean? So that, for them, that eliminates their effect as players in the game. And you, you look at the transfers, which we'll come on to. It is the last 10 days of the window. And for me... We've been all saying, wait, it's going to come the last couple of days. We're going to get these players in from England. Never, for me, really been on that train of thought. I thought we would have tried to get business done early with no Champions League qualifiers. It's a perfect time to bed these guys in. And we've basically gotten off. And I, I know we've had Yang coming on and, and home and, and, and players like that, but it's like a six, seven million pound impact player, like a Podens, for example. That would be a, a, an excellent signing. Mm -hmm. And it just seems a bit flat. Would you not say the same? I, it doesn't like. It's hard to argue against what Mark's saying when it comes to the board and stuff. It it kind of looks, it looks for the outside. I mean, I'm a wee bit ignorant when it comes to the board and if results are on the park, I don't really pay attention to that, rightly or wrong. It's, it's, it's one of them. I'm more concentrating what's on the park. But I think when it comes to, when it is situations like the now where it, it looks like there's no, say there's no business. I mean. I mean, I know I've been on, on the group chat especially been saying that I think we need to go and spend the cash, go and buy X, Y and Z player or whatever it is. We've, we've got the money there. The, the accounts show that the money's there what, to do it. It's obviously a wee bit more difficult than just spending money. Uh, the players have got, you've got to try and convince these players to come and things like that. But I think when when it looks like there's no business getting done, Peter Law back in the building, I think... Celtic kind of brung that negativity, negativity towards the, themselves regarding the board and Peter Law on themselves. They didn't need to have Peter Law sort of front and centre a lot of things and stuff. Um, so I kind of, as much as I don't get too hung up in Peter Law being back, I understand some folks' grievances when they're saying, well, he's, he's having an influence or he's probably got an influence because mm -hmm. history will tell you that's what he done. 
And like I say, mm-hmm. Celtic, I feel, put their cell in this position to an extent. Yeah. We're, having Brend- we're having them front and centre. But then I've got to kind of look at it and go, well, why did Brendan Rodgers come back? I know folk have said about a war chest and stuff. I don't believe. I mean, there's, there'll be money there to spend, but a lot is bringing this up about a leaked WhatsApp message or something. Which was that the one with Fabian Reader and all in it? As Barryfield was getting a sixty grand stadium. Ah, I seen that. It was like a WhatsApp chat, and they're getting fucking new brands for the women team. and all that. What a shit! People believe that. You know what I mean? I know. So I'm. I say I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying. Stay calm with the transfer window, Stephen, and just go. I know it's no ideal, especially with the the derby match so soon after the window shutting them. I'm hoping that they are looking at your your Podences, your Dyers, your Tierneys, these names that are mentioned, and whether we like it or not, will he better offers than Celtic probably on the table? I know what Mark's saying, we saying that it's you, you shouldn't have to. It should be like, but there's your offer. We can't be we can't be mucking about. If you didn't want to come, right, we need to move to the next target. In an ideal world, that kind of it makes sense, but I think we need to. It, we might be doing that. We might not. It might be just we have just got to have to play out, and it'll be bringing a wee bit of a wee bit of mayhem and transfer deadline day. We are just rushing deals out of the line, which I agree isn't a great uh, with the derby game, the Champions League, so soon around the corner. But as long as maybe you can keep churning at results and. Maybe no great performance, but get the ones and get these guys in and bed them in. But it's I'm I'm willing to cut them some slack the now just simply because the the windows still open and then go come February second or whenever it's shut, go right. If they've no brought anybody in, go well, why that what we actually doing then? I mean I think I've mm-hmm. agreed, like obviously Ange got a lot of business done early in I think a lot is were excited with Brendan Rodgers because, like Mark said, we've improved. We've not done the easy thing and went for a dialer type boy. We could have went and probably got Maneska if he wanted, who could turn out to be a top manager. But when all the names that were there, Rodgers, I think, if you're not picking Rodgers with all the names mentioned, then there's just something seriously wrong with you for me. Like it's, it was the best candidate for the job, and I think it's the first time in God knows how long Celtic could. Essentially, strength and position of strength. We just off the back of treble, we've lost a, a good manager, and I believe in Postacoglu. But then we've went and got Brendan Rodgers, and you're like, well, that's the board mean business. And it just feels like the longer, like I don't think we've really made that that statement signing yet, which I think a lot is mm-hmm. expected. And I think that's, and I think that going back to the Peter Lawler doesn't really help when he's more. He's more well, he's more visual. He's actually at games and all that now. He's coming out for uh, unfurling the flag and things. I think I don't think that's a Celtics PR has been great of late. I don't think that's been great with what they've been doing with Peter Law. Yeah, I mean, see as well. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about the board, right? We know what they're capable of, so to speak. And I also seen the picture of them all together in, in Rugby Park, and it looked a bit like I don't know, like a I don't know, it just looked weird. All them in their wee grey suits and that. and I think you shared it, Mark. I think that's where I've seen it. But if, if, we, if we talk about um, Brendan Rogers for a second now, again, this was always going to be the, like, divisive among the supporters. And the first sign of trouble is when you get the cracks and you get the fans who didn't want him in the first place, kind of turning up that heat, turning up that pressure. And I've seen it myself, and it's in the comments as well. 
couple of people saying it. Michael Ross, Patrick McLaughlin, kind of worried about his demeanor and things like that, which is which is fair enough. Now, obviously, we're not questioning Rogers here, right? He's put three games in. We've lost one. We're, we're two for two in the league. Um, seven goals scored and stuff like that, which is okay. But in isolation, Mark, you look at it, and like Franny said, why did he come back? Because there's a couple of things that are in the back of my mind. Surely he's not coming back under the remit that he just has to deal with the players that we hand him, which he said on Friday. But then he changed tact on Sunday and said he wants experienced players in with match winners and quality because that's what the team needs. So there's two different versions there. He doesn't seem to me like he is, I don't know, how would you describe this? As I said before, the kind of charismatic, enthusiastic guy he was before. I don't know if that's because, again, he's maybe not self-conscious about how the support perceives him the second time around, but maybe kind of shielding himself away from the shit he might take if shit hits the fan. And what I've seen, again, from this defeat is people saying, get him out. It shouldn't have happened. It's not. He's not interested. Blame it all on the board, which is fair enough. But where do you stand on, on the Brendan Rodgers type argument? Because, again, it's it's burning burning high here in, in the comments section. Well, well, they're fucking morons. To be quite honest with you. You, don't, you don't get rid of your manager, even if it was Neil Lennon after a free game, unless it was gone catastrophic. I mean, we've saw Celtic regress in so many ways on the park. You've got Cal McGregor sitting back. And we've, we've spoken about it probably at nauseam on, on this pod and on Twitter and the rest of it. So we don't need to get into it. But there's... The guy is a winner, you know what I mean? He's, a, he's, he's proven at Celtic he's a winner. It's not like they've brought in somebody and we've took a chance on him. I think the guy's come back because he, he left under a dark cloud and he's probably he sat many a night. He's a Celtic fan, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no kid on, he's not a Celtic man. Even even when he was getting a lot of stick for being a kid on Celtic man, he, he spun a few yarns. But the other day, um, it's a part of mine, being a football manager, you need to play the role. And I think sometimes... At life, you don't always get a second chance to come back and correct your correct your wrongs. And I think Celtic here have definitely thought to yourself, if this comes up again, I'm going to take it because I don't want to be remembered as the guy who 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 fucked off and left Celtic in the shit. I, I don't care. I mean, it's people mention the fact that he's egotistic and all the rest of it. We tell you one football manager that doesn't want to be standing when the touchline, clapping the fans and taking the adulation, taking the songs, and and you get these stories about. Him and his Gucci belts and all the rest of it. And he got, that's just after working wankers on podcasts, trying to get themselves shared online, slagging a big manager. I don't take any of that seriously. I mean, you, the board said, you mentioned the board, and I mean, they were sitting at that bit of command, and you see the fucking, they were, they've got wee, wee plant pots next to them. They, they, they were like fucking plant pots of that match, just sitting mm-hmm. there with the pocket. I would grab one of the jagged nettles and put it right out of their fucking jaws every one of them. I, I can't even watch Celtic. Behave like this and not get frustrated. You think to yourself, the people at that game yesterday, right? You can't really hear the atmosphere people through the telly, but they must have been spitting feathers in the way Celtic were playing. And that board, oh. that board, this isn't COVID. That board will hear the booze and will, will see the banners and will see the reaction if they don't stand up and take action. This is different this time. This is different this time. You don't get away for too long. Instead of throwing sharks, they'll be throwing the country at the door. We can't behave like a, like a... We can't pretend we're a world-class football team, Stephen, and then behave the way we're behaving off the park. Because yeah. it looks to me like we've got a black book with a couple of names on it, and when that goes dry, we're running out of options. And you can see Brendan Rodgers looked a bit dejected after that match yesterday. I think he feels like 
I mentioned it at the start of the show. If he's mentioning uh, strategies and players and this, that, and the other, that tells me that there's not a lot of harmony behind the scenes. That tells me that something's broke down already. And, it, and don't forget, it's been well publicised that the board wanted Enzo Maresca. This was a, a Dermot Desmond appointment. He stepped in and overruled all them. So that tells me that they, that circus wanted a guy who lasted 100 days at Parma. And they've, for a start, they've see, they'll see this guy as the guy that came in. Rogers has come in on their behest. And that creates disharmony. That creates waste. It's like when you, when you work with somebody, you've got a boss, or there's people in amongst your circle and work, and they're not getting on with each other. That creates disharmony. Harmony. It creates decision-making that isn't always for the best. And you can see that. And this isn't a DFS sale. We're not, this isn't an open to Celtic start buying the players. It closes in 10 days. The season doesn't mm. start with Celtic buying their players. We're already at a stage now where we're sitting thinking to ourselves, are we going to have players fit and ready for the Champions League? And that's that's the middle of September. Yeah, that these guys yeah. that I know people were saying, I'm not talking about Celtic bringing in EPL strikers. Nobody mentioned EPL. The players that's been mentioned, that Podence was the one you mentioned. This guy's not getting the game for wheels. They need to sell a player. That's why Celtic's in the market. But the question should have been said to the, to made to these guys, look, we want you. The offer's there. This is a fantastic place. See if you're interested, see if you're waiting for Crystal Palace to offer you a deal. In, in, the, in the last day, then we're not interested in you. Now you move to your next target, even if even if that makes you drop the quality by five ten percent because the players that they're getting in, they want to be there. And yeah. say before, Brendan Rogers will make any player better. And I don't want any prima donnas coming in thinking they're bigger than Celtic and waiting till uh, eleven fifty nine to, to sign the contract because any player that comes into Celtic just now probably only gonna be match fit. Because if they're coming into a bigger a bigger league, they're probably not getting a game, and they're mm. and they're in the right club. And if you're if you're getting guys who only played a, a competitive match for three four months, they're, they're not going to come in and improve Celtic Ibrox. So this is the, this is my worry that one Celtic on the on the looking at the right players, and two the players we do get are they going to be fit and ready and integrated into a team who's already looking a bit disjointed? That's a real concern for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get what you're saying in, in terms of recruitment, but again. Rogers has kind of said before, frankly, that the recruitment's in a better place than it was when he was there first time around. Obviously, again, it's like once bitten, twice shy, so to speak, isn't it? Because I know Mark's saying it in the aspect, if you wait the last day of the window, you're, you're literally putting your kind of your future in a player's hands to say if he's going to come or not. Fraser Foster done it to us. Patrick Roberts done it to us when he went to Girona in Spain. He had the choice to come back. He chose not to for whatever reason. And then... As I said to Mark, the same to you about Brendan Rodgers. Um, you can see the comments yourself. There's people mentioning Enzo Maresca because he's led Leicester to two wins in the last two games. Oof. There's people saying that, again, his demeanour doesn't look great. And Mark, you alluded to it yourself. as something broke down behind the scenes. I personally don't think that's happened, as to speak. I think Rodgers might be frustrated at the fact that business isn't being done at the speed or the kind of diligence he would like to at the moment. But, uh, the reason why I feel secure in that... Pasta Cogley said that before, and then I started kicking in this play. We were getting Carter Vickers got Yada in at the last um, day of the window. So stuff could happen. But on Brendan Rogers, Franny, again, you, you said it yourself. Why did he come back? As you can see, people are questioning that already this early on. And this was always going to happen. I said to you earlier in the, in the group chat, any kind of crack, any loss, it will be heightened times 10 because of what happened previously. 
and it will give the excuse to the other supporters who didn't want him in in the first place to kick up the fuss. And I think we're seeing that happening a bit. And I think we're, we're totally seeing that as, like you say, I, I can see the comments. It's interesting folks saying that they didn't want Rogers hearing that like they're not necessarily saying they're writing Rogers off, but they're, they're unhappy with his return. He's, uh, his heart's not there. They're, they're questioning how he's his demeanour and body language after three games, but then call, try to back Maresca after two games, saying I wish they brought Maresca, and it's like, well, it, that doesn't make sense to me. Then the day, it's how can you write one guy after three games and you're making a judgment on another guy was the right decision after two games? It just it does make sense. But I, Rogers for me, I, 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 maybe call it blind faith or whatever you want to call. I I just feel like he's. He's came. I, I do question why he's came back. I don't believe he would come back to to work under the sort of a, same remit. I believe that he's came back not necessarily saying we've got to get a John again or Castagna all the time. But if we want, if that's the type of player that he's identified, he's not going to end up with Jeremy Tolian and a body. Was it Malumbu we brought in? I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping he's not come under that remit. I think he's he's maybe a wee bit. Of, humble pie in the sense of how the transfer policy is working the fact that look we will be bringing players in this is kind of our our model so to speak moving forward we will be buying these type of players but I think they need to I'm hoping they've got to kind of off I say offset like balance it off a wee bit with then going maybe getting your guys at six seven eight million maybe even nine million and that's not necessarily looking at them to make a profit on transfers, but you'll maybe make mm-hmm. money off them in shirt sales. They might take you to that extra couple of games in Europe or the Champions League. So they make their money that way. And then your your kind of your your younger boys like your Yang, your Holmes, uh, tell us that's where you make yeah. that's kind of where you make your profit on and stuff. So I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping that Rogers has came back. I, I I know Lennon came back and it was sort of a it was like a diet version and he, he just accepted the cards he was dealt. I don't, if we've got to sit and say uh, Rogers has got a big ego, I, it's, I know, <laughs> I don't think Rogers has got to come back and accept the cards. I think I, I say he'll accept the cards he's dealt with, but it's he'll have some pushback and he'll say, Well, I accept that's how he's worked now, but like I say, if I want my John again, if I want my, my Castagna, you're no rocking me up with. Uh, Malumbu for Kilmarnock and Jeremy Tolian mm. on a on a six month loan deal. That that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm hoping for, Stephen. That's I'm still kind of hanging on to that way. But as I say, if next week or well in a couple of weeks when the transfer window shut and if we're sitting with the the players all we've brought in and it doesn't look like we've tried to get guys in, I think that's when a lot of folk will then not maybe not necessarily question Rogers on the back of that, but it'll be interesting to see Rogers after that. If, if that were the case, I think the fans there'll be a lot of discontent within the fans and stuff then. But I'm still kinda similar to Mark's pal Boyce. I'm I'm a wee bit zen with thinking this I don't think Boyce is saying though. I watched him tonight. I don't it? think he's <laughs> as saying as he was. But I mean in terms of um obviously <laughs> obviously what's happening at the moment again i find it interesting with these comments pe- people just divide it and i like saying that because it creates debate and that's what we're looking for on a, on a podcast kind of keeps us going too but we're talking about players coming in mark let's talk about players who are already there and some of our key players starting with cal mcgregor hasn't been performing up to the levels for me 
he showed previous seasons, right? There could be a number of reasons for that. Brown Moreer has come in and he said it's the formation change. He's not being used as that kind of dropping in between the centre half, starting to play. It seems to be a part of it too, or else he's just isolated away from everybody, like you said, and the last couple of seconds of the Kamarnik game, he was down towards where Joe Hart was and instead up the pitch trying to advance the team that way. To me, he looks really, again, like Taylor, but laboured, maybe carrying a bit of weight. I don't know if anyone's picked up on that. Me and Ross think so. He looks like he's carrying mm-hmm. a bit. And um, it doesn't, for me, he doesn't look himself. He doesn't look comfortable. Yeah, he's our captain, but again, no one's immune from criticism. And I think even since pre-season, it's kind of passed him by. The Aberdeen game, he got ragdolled in, in parts of that game. And this is what I'm talking about. Roger said this when he first came in. He wants physicality in the midfield. So far, apart from Quan, who's a development player, in my opinion, we haven't got anyone of the physical aspect in there. And for me, if you're helping McGregor in that kind of pivot, you need someone there to do the dirty work. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think you're right about Callum McGregor. I think Brown Warriors spot on. I think when you're you're nullifying uh, Callum McGregor when you're playing him so deep, he, he has to be that link-up for your midfield. Uh, to your strikers, he's got to be that man making the passes, hovering outside the box. You know what I mean? And if you've not got Cam McGregor playing that playing that way, you're taking away his best attributes. You know what I mean? Uh, a water, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> water. He is. I gave that guy so much time. That I thought right, he looks exciting to me. He's player of the year in Japan. It turns out he was another one who got a lucky bag. I don't know. Some of the players who got to Japan. I mean, in his defence, he's not played much in midfield. No, he's no bad. I like, I like a lot of, I like yeah. it. I was looking forward to seeing him play, and I was sticking up for him, honestly. And do you know something? You've, this is the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. When you get, when you get to a Celtic jersey and you get on that park, no matter what position you're playing it, you need to conduct yourself the right way. And I don't think he's played one good game for Celtic. And that's just my opinion. Uh, hopefully, God, he gets minutes. But what you've noticed is, even when it was getting sticky uh, last season, uh, towards the end, and this season, he's not getting any game time at all. Oh. And that tells you there's something else that we don't see. Maybe he's not doing it in training. Maybe he's not good enough. I, I dare say there's players in the squad and in, in every club in the world that when they buy them in with the, the right intentions, but when they see them in training, they can see they're not at the level that they should be. Like some players mm. just have excellent seasons and then sometimes fall off a cliff. A lot, I'm not saying that's the case with a lot. I'm not having a wee joke with how bad he is, but I'm just saying what I've seen so far. And I don't, I don't think it's, it's this season's going to come down to uh, necessarily what Celtic day after part with the with, um, with signings. It could come down to how we use the players we've got. If we're signing good players and no putting in the positions that they should be, then we're asking for trouble. And so why, why do you think why, why do you think Carl McGregor then regressed? I, I think he's trying to turn them into Scott Brown, mate. I think he's trying to Scott mm. Brown because you remember like, I always I always the picture that I've got of Scott Brown is Kieran Tierney going forward and Scott Brown just slotting in and covering the defence. And I look at Carl McGregor; he's doing the exact same role, and that that could be why you're seeing Greg Taylor's form tip as well. I mean, there is there is a two three year partnership that's been formed and it's been broke up a wee bit by no players leaving, but by being used in different ways. And you, you mm-hmm. did see uh, Taylor come in a wee bit uh, on Saturday, there, Sunday there, and and it's still wasn't working for him. And that his confidence is doing doing as low as you can get. And I, I think I'm not, I'm not criticizing Rogers, although I think he, he has due some. Carl McGregor's due a lot as well. He's been playing really bad, and I think if uh, I think if your if your managers uh, get a message in the park and it's 
it's no happening for you. It's up to you as a captain to step up and try and galvanise the players because I saw nothing in that team yesterday. Absolutely nothing in that team that had desire about it. And that that's that the captains on the park where the players oh, you see it a lot, boys going out for a throw in or a free kick or whatever. And you, you see captains talking to players and 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 gene them up. And he was doing that quite a lot. I, mm-hmm. I didn't see that I didn't see that with the guy at all yesterday or pre-season. And it could be the role change, maybe but see if it got to Carl McGregor, you'd as well just take Carl McGregor out of the team because don't nullify a man who's got so much influence in Celtic's attack. He's the glue that holds that part of the pitch in place. If you're putting him in defence and having him uh, covering your fullbacks and all the rest of it, I, I don't think he's a man to do that. He's, he's not a, a CDM, he's not number six. He's a number eight now. And I think originally he was a number six, but to me, it's quite obvious. He's the guy that gets forward, picks the passes, and when it's getting sticky, breaks the lines. And we've not seen that because basically he's doing what he's told. He's he's been told to stay back, and you can't criticise him for that part of the play. But when he's on the ball, he's 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 uh, questioning himself. He's passing. He's getting he's getting caught on the ball quite a lot. Yeah. Stephen, he got caught on the ball a lot a lot in Kilmarnock. He lost a goal, either, it was either pre-season or this season, but he lost a goal by firing about the ball, you know what I mean? And you can't do that, you know what I mean? And he does that quite a lot, to be quite honest, he loses the ball quite a lot, but it's normally high-risk high risk football for high rewards. He's losing balls in dangerous areas, and it's normally nothing passes. And I don't see the benefit in that. You can't nullify our most dynamic player, Mm-hmm. I put them so far back, especially when you've got fullbacks and wingers that are providing nothing to the club just now. Absolutely nothing. That that brings it back to the style, doesn't it, Franny? And you mentioned for wins and free kicks. I kind of took a different stance on this. And what I noticed in the last couple of games, we've kind of stopped doing the quick throws. We're a wee bit more slower. They're giving it the left back and right back to throw it. And it seems to be a bit more laboured. And maybe that's affecting McGregor's style of play because he was getting the ball last year. He was fizzing it away quickly. He was starting the attacks and pushing up with the team. Where I think Mark nails it, Brown Moore as well in the comments. He's staying deep instead of going up and joining the attack and being there with an O'Reilly, being up there with a, a home at that time to create that kind of space. And you, you look at it as well. For me, as I mentioned the throw-ins, it was quite ironic that we got caught out by a quick throw by Kilmarnock. They went down the right-hand side, whipped one in, and then it was a goal back then that. Obviously, Taylor was off. But is it a concern for you that the styles kind of slow down we went to possession based football again. We knew what we were getting, let's be honest, when Rogers came back. But I don't think we envisaged how passive the team would be after the third game, mm. how uncompetitive the team would be, and especially our captain, Cal McGregor, not being out of it at all. I, I don't know if it's considered because we were playing such a fast paced, quick style of football. Uh, for two seasons, a kind of unique way with the, the inverted fullbacks and stuff. And I mean, I'm not saying Rogers is coming, ripping that up and, and just starting again. And not saying, like, equal, we've said we've got really good players, so they should be able to play with, with each other. They, they do understand each other's game and things mm-hmm. like that. But if people are being asked to play a different way, they maybe are second guessing themselves. And, 
that's when they're taking that extra touch and getting caught in the park. I think maybe McGregor, I, I think it has been noticeable. He has been sitting a wee bit deeper, but he kind of was always the one starting the attacks, taking it off your Carter Vickers and Starfields. And I think mm-hmm. Rogers is, it's not that he's not doing that, but I think he understands that Hart's not that great in the ball. Finally, somebody's realised he's not that great in the ball. And I think he's more than happy for Hart to maybe to punt it more often and even the centre half to punt it, which is then bypassing McGregor. And equally, I think, like we're saying, that we're not playing the, the inverted fullbacks as well. I think maybe McGregor's getting overrun a wee bit in the middle of the park. He's not really getting a hand in there. If you've got like your Taylor, Ralston, or uh, or Johnson in there, it's given we're maybe overrunning the opposition's midfield and it's allowing Callum McGregor that space and time to run with the ball. Because there was plenty of times over the last couple of seasons he has grabbed the game by the scruff and he can just yep. made a run. Sometimes it's it's not necessarily lead tenant, but you could always go back to that one at Ibrox where mm-hmm. Ramsey scores after a couple of minutes. He just seemed to get the ball and take it on the run. It was like, I'm not lost. I might win a corner, I might win a free kick, but I'm not losing this ball and then breaking up the park all. Sutton will come of this. Obviously, inevitably, did we, we score out it? I mean, I think he has. I'm going to, I'm going to say he's suffering due to the the, the change of style and losing some players in the middle of the park. And maybe, maybe we are trying to get a wee bit of physicality in the middle of the park. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe we were hoping Quan was going to be that. I think maybe a lot could be that, but it's it's interesting how he. I've not heard anything about, we seem to hear about everybody else being injured, and I've not heard about him being injured, and he hasn't really featured at all uh, in pre-season or so far. I think if we can maybe get somebody, a bit of physical, a bit of legs in there, it might help McGregor and get him pushing forward, but I think he might be struggling with the new system, but he's, for me, he's, I don't think anybody's got to deny he's a, he's a good player. It might just be one that we need, he needs to just play through it and mm. and and regain his form, but uh, it's, it's, it can't be devoid of any criticism. He hasn't, he hasn't been great so far this season. Yeah, I agree with Strange of the Doctor in this instance, the popping the ball up park, just hands possession to the other team. I don't understand why we're doing it. There's no one there to aim for. I get the whole kind of they were pressing us up high, but again, we should be good enough to get out of that press. Um, Anthony Dunn, all new systems take time to get properly used to. There's always going to be teaming issues. Gunning going out of the cup, but being honest, I'd rather <clears throat> rather that than draw points in the league. People are of that opinion as well. Obviously, there, people think that, and the league's the bread and butter. We all know that, Mark. And we talked about players there, and again, we talked about it earlier, but it's the last 10 days of the window. Rogers post match. This team needs match winners. This team needs quality. In your opinion, where do we need them match winners, and where's the quality going to be drip fed in? We need a, a certain need a left back, left winger, a right winger, somebody to link up the play, a number ten perhaps as well. We need we need strength over the over the park. Is I it a rebuild? Yeah, basically I don't. But you can't. I think it's lazy to say we need match winners when you've got guys like eh, Kyogo in the, in the park. You know what I mean? Mm. Guys like McGregor who's capable of popping up with eh, crucial goals. Eh, Abada, Gini, Turnbull, eh, although Turnbull's fucking. I mean, kind of red building him, but it's lazy to say that. As I said before, I think a lot of players are taking time to get into this system. Anthony's right that you, you don't just click into the system straight away. But we're, we're also being fed the line that it isn't much a, a system change; it's just a retweak. To me, the system is 
draw in, draw in, draw in as much as possible, and then break through the lines. But we're not getting through the lines. Looks to me like the, the long ball shouldn't be that option. It should be an option. And it feels to me as mm. if it's going to be even now with the, the Ross County game at half time, I was saying to my dad, I said, it looks to me like the long ball is the, the first decision. But I mean, it's not like, don't get me wrong, we've all sat and said, Kyogo's got his horn his hips, he's making runs and not getting picked up every time. Maida's got the pace to get mm-hmm. behind. And we're not using that, I understand that tactic, but seeing Scotland when you're playing against a, a, a defence that's so camped in at times, that's not going to work. No one's coming to Ibrox, you're going to see what you've seen at Pataudry. They're just going to sit with a bank of four and Celtic have got the ball. They're going to put one on Taylor, one on Johnson, hopefully when he's fit, and two covering the midfield. They're going to force a long ball. They're going to force a long ball with the press. Yep. Put it into their horns. Kyogo's about four foot one. He's not going to win against their big centre-backs, their midfields who are just knuckle-draggers. I mentioned Rangers because it's not that... I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with that match because... There's no match, no European match, no cup final that feels as gutting as when you lose to that shower. The fireworks are going to have from our rest. It's a hard place to, to live for Glasgow when you beat that, when that mob beat, you know what I mean? You get into your work. So I'm focusing on that because that match, there's two sides to that match. We won that match for six points clear. We've put a major dent in Michael Beale's uh, fake... Uh, fake uh, Second comment. <laughs> I fake bravado. He's like, a, why are they caught these? You know what I mean? But... If, if we lose, we're putting momentum back into them again. We're putting doubts in the Celtic fans. We're, we're, we're opening up the avenue for Celtic fans to question the decision to bring Rogers back. And Joe, you know, we brought it on ourselves. Uh, Franny mentioned Celtic created the, the monster by bringing back Lobel. Well, we've, we've done it again with Rogers because what happens if Rogers doesn't get the back and he fucks off? And then he can he fuck off because he knows I need to stick a suit. I've already said that I'm going nowhere until I get sacked. I can't be. I can't leave twice. God, they'll, 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 they'll burn my Houston. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's there's so many there's so many pieces to this puzzle, but it's just for me. It just looks like there's so many people, so many square pegs and round holes. Where that team? We've got the players. You mentioned it, Stephen. They could run amok yesterday, Sunday, right? They come amok, right? But we orchestrated that by playing the players in the wrong system. I understand mm-hmm. it takes time. But that's why you don't have three, four matches in pre-season. One, two in Korea, two in Japan, one in Ireland. We should have had three or four more home matches. We should have been putting opposition a lot more close. We should have been getting as much game time as possible. Instead, we're globetrotting to sell some jerseys in Japan, whose, whose fans are going to desert us in the minute that Kyogo leaves, the minute Maeda leaves. They're not going to desert us. Instead, he's trying squeeze out that extra couple hundred grand or whatever it was we're getting for the games. Get the team get up, up, get the team going up and running. We shouldn't be sitting in match day three saying, "Oh, it's no jail yet." It's the exact same same team as last fucking season with be two centre backs and, and a midfielder who's been slotted in next to your captain and next to a guy who's played fifty games for Celtic. This isn't like a brand new setup. We are badder, Maeda and Kyogo. That's last season's team. It's a new mm-hmm. system. I totally get that, right? But you have players playing at a base level, and there's no base level just now. There's not a player in that in Celtic just now that has one improved the last season or two even hit the levels of last season. And for when you're a football player at a club at Celtic, if you're not going forwards, you're going backwards. And the the, the worry for me is is Rogers said 
I'm going to assess the team and I want to see what players we need to be replaced, etc. That's fine. But see the players that we knew need replaced in the last day of the season last year are the same ones that need replaced just now. Nothing's changed. We all know the areas that needed changing. That what worries, what worries me is they've had all that time, they've had all that space to get the right, to make moves in the market. Surely God, we were sitting the new 10 days to go, still thinking what positions we need covered. Sure, unless yep. we lose, unless another jota happens, that happens to clubs, right? Unless another jota happens, we should have our targets lined up. And 10 days to go, I mean, how many times have we sat at half six and transfer, transfer day? Oh, are we going to get somebody in? Or is it going to be beat on at the back of the Champions League qualifiers? And, and this has happened to us time after time after time. I think if we keep on making the same mistakes, you're doomed to failure. I'm not trying to be pessimistic about the the, 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 the transfer window. That speaks for itself. Anybody with a brain would tell you that the window has been a poor one for Celtic. My worry is the club don't think it's been bad. My worry is the club think it's all going to plan. Because if they think mm. it's all going to plan, what is that fucking plan? Yeah, no. it seems to me that at the minute we're kind of rudderless in, in the river there, uh, uh, Franny, in terms of what we're doing. I think talking about what possessions and what quality we need. I mean, if I go off the base, what Mark said there, left-back, wingers, midfielders, striker, I think this has turned into a de facto rebuild. And we all kind of said at the start, we've got the nucleus of the squad from last season. But for me, we always need to upgrade that and be better. And Roger said it before, you can't stand still, especially if you're champions. You need to keep improving and stay ahead of the chasing pack. When you look at the game, you kind of contrast that to what we're seeing. At Rugby Park, it was very void of what Brendan Rodgers promised, the fast-flowing attack in football. It was passive. It was side-to-side. There was nothing really happening. And it, I look at the team, and I'm going, we're missing so many vital parts. And in 10 days, are you telling me we're going to sign four or five players? I don't think so. I think we'll be lucky to get two or three. And that, for me, still isn't a good window because there's priorities over that pitch we need to sort out. And it's going to be a patch-up job until the January transfer window. Or maybe the story, we tried to get someone in. They said no. We tried another target. It didn't quite come through because the, the deadline passed and we'll be sitting with Ralston at right back until Johnson's back. We'll be sitting with Taylor at left back who's totally inadequate Champions League level. All that stuff really frightens the daylights out of me because if we get a Real Madrid again, if we get a Man City again, we'll get absolutely slaughtered. And I don't think that that's far-fetched to say. Look, going by the performances, even the games we won, we haven't been really exciting. We've seen them off 100%. But it hasn't been free flowing all the time. And added to the puzzle, Franny, we're missing a lot of quality in that team. Well, I, we are missing quality. Like, like we said, Mark said, Jota, that happens. That's that obviously is a big that's a big loss in quality. And it's obviously not got to be easy to replace a Jota because whether we like it or not, I know Celtic's got the money, but I don't really see us going spending 15 million plus to go and go and get anybody to be not to say that guarantees it but there's a good chance that this guy will be of that quality or if no if no better but I think I know earlier, earlier on Stephen when Rogers came in I kind of was I think me and you both said it as well like we thought Celtic would break a transfer record just a bit by default a wee bit the way the market is and stuff but it's mad how we all thought that wasn't it I, I, I wanted to I mean, it's probably just got, got built up. Uh, just think we've got to break our transfer record more, possibly more by default with the way the market is and that we've been inflated. But I'd, oh, I'd, 
doubt will, he certainly don't do that in 10 days time, I don't think so. I, I think that's long gone. Um, but I hope that we can push the boat a wee bit and get like two or three guys, two or three, hopefully four guys in that are of that six to eight, nine million pound market, hopefully. But again, they type of deals are hard to get done in 10 days. Yes. But if it's, by the way, it's probably no far off it. That's his so team, right? That's his, see if we, see if we got that in. That yeah. would bring the excitement back to the, to the, to the fans. And I think when you look at that, I think we all agree the same thing, that we need uh, that quality. Uh, it's just, I think, it's what the name is, I think we all accepted, like, as much as I think Yang looks like he could be a very exciting player, might be, might be a better player, uh, home looks like a player that's, I think the the initial signings were were squad padding and low yeah. averages. One or two of them might turn out to be actually really good players. It's just just the way it works. It's they probably will be. But I I think after that and Narov Narovsky was maybe the first one again maybe yep. by default because it was a because of the transfer fee uh, that we maybe looked at and goes well that's that's got the hallmarks of Brendan Rodgers. Uh, but again that could have been. And Ange one, but I think it maybe the fact that Starfield left so soon. I think that probably was more a Brendan Rogers or the the mark of Brendan Rogers type saying. I think after that we just thought right, that's when we're got to go and buy, maybe spend more, spend a wee bit more money and get first team ready, ready players, guys that have got to go straight into that eleven to make it better. I think, I think that's all all we wanted. As yeah. I agree, that's probably not might not be the easiest thing to do, but if they're Again, I know I've said we might be waiting to the very last—I say the very last minute—but the the very last few days and stuff to try and get these deals done because it's it's maybe just we need things to play. Out. But it's it's a big gamble if you're doing that. To be fair, it is a massive gamble to be to be dragging it out. Especially, I think what maybe as well as affecting it is the fact that the Rangers game so soon after it, and and mm-hmm. that's right. You can't argue we're no we're no guy we're probably not going to buy guys. I mean, highly unlikely we're buying guys for the, the APL and things like that that are, are playing week in, week out. Certainly names have been linked to aren't they, aren't they playing week in, week out. So how how fit are you? Yeah, they might be better quality players, but no, everybody can just turn up and play on the day and they'll be good. People hark back to Juranovic and Johnson who made their debuts at Ibrox and were really good, but low averages, it might, it might not happen. I'm, I'm still hold, holding out hope that we will go biggish in the market and get a few boys in, but I do think we need to strengthen in defence like at, at left back. If we can get a right back in, great. But I'm I'm okay with Alston deputising. Uh, uh, I'm I'm okay with that one. I, I don't think the drop offs is bad to for Johnson to Ralston as it is for uh, Taylor to to Burnaby. So. Oh. Aye. I would, I would, I would ideally like Le- leave Burnaby alone. The both of you. <laughs> uh, that, alone. that guy, I think... sorry, that guy no, is probably the last time he's come into Scotland since COVID, mate. <laughs> Trust <laughs> me, Mark. He's he'll bad. be first choice by Christmas, buddy. Look, Franny, what, what were you saying? What were you saying? Uh, ideally, I would get a striker like a a, a big someday of a Jack and Marcus Alk. But mm. it's got to be hard to kind of get a guy in there that's maybe knows he's got to be second fiddle. You maybe need to get somebody that's maybe 32, 33 year old that'll kind of know their position in the team and stuff. 
Um, I I think we need a left winger as well. Mm. That probably a centre midfielder maybe. It's a whole new team. And then sounds I, like it, doesn't it? I I I would say if we can get a goalkeeper, then great. But they're never getting all their deals done. But I think key positions for me definitely up that left side. I think we are massive for us. I think. And then, would, and then I would go to the goalkeeping position. But I don't think Joe Hart will cost us domestically. Europe's a different question. But if that's mm-hmm. true about Narofke, that might change a lot of things. And we'll certainly need to go and get some sort of centre half if he's out for a period of time. Whether that be a six month loan or a 12 month loan, we'll need to do something. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't go to Ibrox with Kobe Ashi or Scales or, or a Wata sitting in there. I think we, we, the last time we went in there with that sort of defence, you've see, you seen what mm. happened against against that poor Rangers team. That, do you know, the Rangers game, we're going to be playing against Rangers without any fans. We are referee, it's going to try his best, VAR. So we're already up against it. Celtic's only ammo is to, to turn up with the best version of themselves. And you don't do that when, you, when you're playing the way you're playing and uh, set up to fail by no big and players. Franny, the moment's passed for Celtic to, to buy players for for the, the for Ibrox in the yeah. Champions League. I think mm. the biggest fear for me is that we stick with Joe Hart, we stick with left back, we stick with a left winger, and we sign players just to pad the squad out again. If the model's buying 21-year-olds for three million, uh, okay, it's better than uh, projects for one, one million, one and a half million, but it's still projects. We need oven-ready, fertile-living players. We're, we're not saying that we need somebody to cover Turnbull or, or O'Reilly. We need somebody to, to replace them. Uh, if Awata's going to sign a new contract, good. But see if he's not going to say it came to fuck. And it's the same with Abada as well. I, I just don't understand this. Now, last season, Abada was second choice. Now he's categorically first choice. And he's not good enough to be first choice. Maida needs replaced. We all know that. But there's nobody in that team that's going to replace Maida. He's a workhorse, but he's... Watching them play football is like a win. Watching a win, kick a ball in at a wedding. It's just no what you want to ah, see. He's, he's there, isn't he? He's, he's, either, he's either on top of the world or he's, he's under the ground. I don't understand it. I, I think I said last season that, that Angie's team is identical to one man's vision, right? We've got a manager in that's got a totally different philosophy for, 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 for Ange, and it's shown in the players. They're no. Players suit certain systems, and one thing about Ange is he scouted his players right to fit into he players that he knew would fit into that system, identical mm-hmm. to that system. And my fear was when Ange went that we're going to be left with legacy players that are only going to fit into that system. And the first thing Celtic did was give guys like made a five year contracts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you go, right? What are you protecting there? Because there's no cure folk trying to buy Maeda. We all know he's a backup at best a workhorse in Europe and somebody to bring on to see half games at best. So uh, what's your plan here, Celtic? Surely you're not, surely you're not, you're not protecting an asset there because that isn't somebody that people are queuing up to buy. A, a good World Cup doesn't make you a, a superstar unless you go in that window. That's past. That moment's past. His peak, his peak chance of leaving Celtic is past. If he was going to go, he would have went that window after the World Cup because he, he mm. played some good games. But he's... He's long and long forgotten the memories of a, a, a board throughout the world that, that watched him play for, watched him play well. So just a weird strategy. Only part that looked disjointed, after the part that looked a disgrace. And the guy in the dugout looks dejected. And I tell you something, the fan base are just feeling really let down by a board who took money off us, made a campaign with a slogan, we're all in. 
and then did the exact opposite. We've went through, as I said, we've went through, we don't stop to we don't start. And I think every Celtic fan is feeling it just now. I really do. I feel like we've got a lot of we've got a lot of things that we should, that we should be feeling good about. We've got a good squad, I feel still. We've got money in the bank. And Celtic are letting are sitting on their asses and sitting with a sitting with that money in the bank rather than investing. We all knew it was coming. We all we all seen this coming really at the back of your mind. We all knew this was coming. But it makes it worse when you know somebody's gonna shaft you and they end up shafting you and <laughs> ten days to go. We'll not get a keeper, we'll not get a left back, a left winger, a, a striker backup, we'll not get a number ten. What if the if the plan was to leave it to the last couple of days, and I'm sorry, that plan doesn't fit into the model of a team try going into a season in September with Tynecastle, Ibrox, Easter Road, Easter Road in the Champions League. Mm. What are you setting yourself up for? Because it seemed to me like you're setting the manager up to fail. We, if we won yeah. games, we won trophies the last 20 odd years, it's been in spite of your board, not because of your board's uh, moves, moves. We won things in spite of your, your board at all the times. Because there's not been one Celtic team that's been improved. Martin Hill took us to the Utah Cup final, and, he, and his reward for that was Stephen Pearson, and that was his, that was his, his reward. You know what I mean? So much so that Gordon Stratton got three in a row instead of instead of rewarding him and giving him a team that would that would that could build a five six year dom, domination of Scottish football. They let the team settle and just stagnate, and Rangers stopped it and won three titles in a row themselves. Champions League campaigns for nine years without any, without any ten years, sorry, without any competition really, to, and we qualified for three of them. That's on the board getting into matches with near beat on at the back season after season. Ona Connell playing in Champions League qualifiers, Sviachenko, God love him, playing in Champions League qualifiers. Guys like uh, Johansson who was dying to get the club, playing in qualifiers for Celtic under under Rogers the first time, and. Celtic repeat the same mistakes because all tap is die hard. This is a Celtic yeah. board that's no changed in 17 years. It's just musical chairs, as Boyce said. Nicholson was a, was a, was a financial lawyer, now he's a CEO. Lowell uh, um, came in as the, the, the non-executive chairman, now he's the chairman, which happened very quietly. Now he's front and centre. You don't have an ego that size and walk into Celtic Park and not get involved in the, the everyday decisions. I'm just... Bit frustrated. I thought 24 hours would have calmed me down. That's what I was going to say. You said before you have calmed down. See, to be fair, right? I think that's the beauty of it. You see the different sides, isn't it? People mm-hmm. react in different ways to the situations. Obviously, the board issue, something, something that's happened to Celtic for years and years. Since I can remember as a wee boy, people were complaining about the board. We do it on a daily basis. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like you look at Lawwell, he left, he came back, non executive chairman, nice chairman, nice doing the flag days, nice at Rugby Park. And he's like, you're right, you're not hiding it no more, buddy. You're, you're front and centre. Chris McKay's been the financial director for years. Michael Nicholson's come into that role. Mark Lawwell's the chief scout. So there's a lot of things and a lot of things in the background. We'll never probably know what's happening, but we're not blind. We could put two and two together and we'd be like, there's something going on there. But just quick fire, because we've got a lot off our test tonight and in the comments as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a therapy session in some sort of way. But coming straight back at you, Mark, the travel's gone. And I remember... At the start of the season, when Rogers first came in, there was a lot of people saying the travel's the benchmark we need to aim for because obviously we won the world record of travel, we won four in a row travels, quadruple travels, which never really never really gets talked about. By the way, it's kind of left in the past, mm-hmm. like it never happened. 
But is it a failure to you that we haven't won that domestic trophy? And then again, is a bit of perspective needed where trebles can't be won year in, year out? I don't expect treble, Steve. I don't think many Celtic fans expect that. If that's a benchmark, you're going to be disappointed. We only won three in our history up until six, seven years ago. So this just shows you how hard it is. I think losing the cup game yesterday, I don't think I've seen many folk complaining about about losing the cup. That's really annoying. That's really frustrating. It was a manner in which we lost it that, that, that's created all the anger. I think losing the losing the, the League Cup so early in the way we did and probably going to hand it to Rangers, that's a sickener because I think the first trophy it lays a wee bit it's of a boost. It's a boost. It's a boost. It's a psychological boost. And if you imagine, I mean, they'll be giving all the, all the produce schools the day off and everything if they win that cup. I mean, they'll be... They'll be hanging out their windies, there'll be fireworks going off, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Halloween, they'll all be chatting each other's door. And do you know something? Let them have it, that's fine, as long as we win the league. Uh, but I, I don't think I've seen many folk demanding treble, Stephen, but do you know something? That was the media that put that out there, Hugh Keevans, you know what I mean? Mm. To create yeah. this unrealistic uh, benchmark that chances are equal have to be 100% every week and nobody can be. We won trebles under Rogers because... He just built up a, a machine and he was an a, outstanding manager, which he still is, and nobody could match him. And that doesn't happen very often. That's probably once in a lifetime you get that section of uh, trophies together. And we'll just need to realise now that uh, the league's the most important thing. Cups are bonuses. Uh, but for me, the league and Scottish Cup would do me fucking lovely. Europe, I can kind of write that off. I really can write that off because... I'm not going to finish third to a team like that in the Champions League, are we? <laughs> oh, man, that's what I'm saying. Things need to be improved for that. But same to you, Franny. Not that the people were demanding it, but like you said, Mark, it was portrayed in the media that if it didn't happen, it's a big, massive deal. People obviously jump on that, but like, yeah, that's right. Five travels, seven years, ever it was, world record. Incredible achievements by the club. But I think, I think Mark's right. And Anthony here, no one expects every year they need locked up. And it's, it's almost, you look at it, and we're the victim of our own success, really. I mean, we've done this. We've made it the normal thing. We've been the dominant force of Scottish football. The media can't come to terms with it. The referees can't come to terms with it. Opposition managers hate it. VAR hate it. We're going to come back. It's not like it's, we can't come back from this. We haven't dropped points in the league. We're still we're two for two. We've won both the games while they've lost one. So effectively, we still have that wee gap there. Treble, are you disappointed or not? Not disappointed not to win a treble because, like you just said, it's it's madness to think that that's if that's a barometer of success, then like Mark said, we'll, we'll be disappointed a lot because as much as we've done it a lot recently, it's it's a very very hard thing to do. The the disappointment for me is going out the cup so early and like you said, the manner of performance of it come back over it. It's it, it's a manner in which you go out. You, you never like going out a cup final without really. What looked like any sort of fight or something. There just didn't seem any dig or any fight in that team. And it's always disappointing to lose any game of football at that. But I think that's the whole uh, no one in a treble is no successes. It's, it has been. <laughs> uh, it has Every uh, fucking time, aren't they? Uh, well, it did start for Hugh Keevans. He said simply because Rogers won every trophy when he was here. If he fails to win anyone, it's, it's no success. And it's. It's just nonsense just to, to drive up debate and kind of get a narrative there for in case situations like what happened yesterday that you go yeah. out the cup and then when it's it, for all the folk that kind of doubted Roger's return and stuff, it's it's just feel, feeds all that and fuels it up. But like you said, if 
the league's the bread and butter. You, you won that, especially, I think, next season we need to qualify for the Champions League, but there's obviously more money with the, the extra games and stuff. Um, so the league's the league's the bread and butter. Domestic Cups are a bonus after that. Like Matt said, if we walk away with a domestic double at the end of the season, I'll be more than happy. Europe, it's it's, it's up in there now. It's like say, um, if I, w- I would not be confident to doing any damage in Europe with this team, but it's hard to. I could probably sign about ten boys at like ten ten guys at ten plus million, but you end up with a, a absolute horrendous group. You just, I think. Once we know the trans, once we know the drawing for the Champions League, I think it'll be fair to assess what I expect out of that then, because I'll know the team we've got in terms of if there's any more incomings or outcomes, and then also we know what we're facing. But ideally, if, like you say, win the league, hopefully pick up the Scottish Cup, and I think we need to we need to try and get out the the chat. Ideally, try and get out the Champions League group. Obviously, great if you finish second and and progress in that, but. Maybe drop into the Europa and try and try and win some knockout ties in the European competition. Yeah, that would, I think that would be successful for me. That would be successful for me. But I mean, if we I win bet. the the domestic double and like blow the league away, I think that is a level of success. But but I think we need to we need to start making inroads in Europe. We need to start making yeah. inroads in Europe. And also on a light note as well, Paddy Lavery, big shout out to my first grandside, Meeve, who was born on Saturday. Great buddy. Congratulations as well. Hope you have a wee beer to celebrate. And then obviously as well, coming to the end of the podcast, I just want to touch upon a few things. We've peaked at 120 live tonight. That's fantastic for us. We appreciate that and people staying with us. Hit the subscribe button, share us among friends. So I mean, we're a channel trying to grow. It's all about Celtic Football Club. And I want to address as well, the Super 6, the leaderboard at the moment, if it comes up on the screen, at the minute, Kevin Gallagher's went up in the, the first place on 22 points. Alizer Jack dropped the second, 18. Mark Robinson has moved up the third on 17. J- Jamie Latimer on 17. Phil on 17. Kieran, 15. Bethany's 15. Jamie McIntyre, 15. And finally, Kevin Hamsey make up the top nine. He is on 14. So keeping in going with the Super 6, we've, already, we've sorted out the prize for Stephen Coltart. It will be here. I would say approximately in the middle of September, he'll be getting that through the post and everyone else keep on top of it. But to Mark and to Franny, have you enjoyed this one tonight? Ah, it's been, it's been some, some laugh, at least it's been exciting. You know what I mean? It's, it's always good to get different views and I've been very chirpy and happy. So <laughs> Oh, you've been full of beans, but full of beans. What, who's the board? The board are amazing. <laughs> oh, of course, mate. I, I, I stiff board. No, uh, <laughs> uh, this is the thing about Celtic fans, you know what I mean? And if you spend your time doing these podcasts and, and you spend your time watching them, it's because you're passionate about the club. So it's no surprise when folk get hit up when things go. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing about it. Nobody seems to take it personally, but I tell you something. One thing I will take personally if I'm sitting at Celtic Park on the first home match and that window's closed. And there's no action taken by the board. There'll be banners up at that stadium. I'll be I'll be spitting feathers and I will mm-hmm. I will bring the Jagged Nails to Rugby Park and there will be faces attached. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, on that note, watch out for the Jagged Nettles and until Friday, stay well and keep safe. Heel heel. <laughs>